Hey there, welcome to the Podcast Manager Show. I am Lauren. If this is your first episode, hello. Thank you so much for being here. And if you are coming back again and again, I love you and thank you for being here. I'm excited because in this episode, I am chatting with Crystal Charles, who is my social media manager. And we are chatting about how to effectively promote your clients' weekly episodes on Facebook and Instagram. And we are diving deep into what is working on social media right now when it comes to promoting episodes. Crystal is the founder of Crystal & Co. Creative, which is a boutique small media agency, and she helps small businesses level up their social media through authenticity and proven social media strategies, as she has had over 10 years of experience in corporate marketing. That paired with her love for social media makes her a really great resource for social media. All right, without further ado, let's go chat with Crystal. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to The Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Crystal, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm excited to talk about social media. I figured to start, though, I would love for you to introduce yourself. Let us know who you are. Okay. Well, I'm Crystal. I am a mom of three. I live in Houston, Texas, where we get nothing but hurricanes and rain. Anyways, but I am a social media manager and strategist. I have been doing this now um, hmm, about a full year, actually. So yay, full year. Yay. Exciting. Before I was a social media manager, I was actually in marketing in different industries and various marketing positions from outside sales to marketing coordinator. (laughs) So then how did you get from that or what made you want to start working online? So I, because I feel like all of us are always on our phones, almost always, doing a lot of networking, um, a lot of things were already splitting on LinkedIn, going from Zoom calls to, hey, I'm not able to travel out to this meeting across town. How about we just hop on a quick networking meeting? So getting online already was something that was happening in my industry from a professional sense. So I thought, why not take my skills of in-person marketing, networking with others, going and doing outside sales and meeting people face-to-face and bringing it to the online space. I had actually seen a bunch of different gurus from Jasmine Star to Tony Robbins go online. And I thought, why not use my knowledge and make that a job? That was just something I thought would be something simple and easy as a mom of three. I could do something from home instead of constantly getting in my car, paying for daycare, which is extremely expensive, and driving all over town to network and market for another company when I can do it for myself. Yeah. So then how did you, had you heard about what social media management was or were you thinking of it as more like your corporate career translated online? I had heard more about social media marketing and it's, I was scrolling through Facebook and I think I saw like, if I remember correctly, I saw like an ad that was just like, it's so simple. Who was it? It was like Anna Kochar. Anna Kochar, I think is her name. Yeah. Um, And I know she does more of like Facebook ads um, and ads, but 
I had seen something that's like, you know, make this a side hustle and build your way to a full time. And I thought, oh, okay, I can do this like on the side at night. That's no big deal. Like come home from the nine to five and do this and build my business. So I'd saw, you know, watched a free training, a masterclass of how simple it is to set your own schedule and to get clients and things and thought, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this out. I tried it a couple of years ago. Honestly, I think I tried back in 2019, right after my son was born. He was born in October of 2018. So about January, I was like, okay, we're going to go for it. Yeah. And imposter syndrome hit me like a truck. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, we're gonna, so real. Let's grow on my skills first. Let's take a step back. I went more of like the educational route. I thought I had to buy a bunch of courses. I had to be an intern for forever and mm. so I kind of put on the back burner while still working in corporate while having two kids. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll get back to it eventually. I want to get some more training and get certifications and I need all of these things in order to become this social media manager. And that definitely was not, <laughs> not true. <laughs> yeah, but you have to work through some of those thoughts, those limiting thoughts of like, you need to know more when really people were doing it with so much less than you already had. Yes. That was a huge like light bulb moment of realizing they can do it without a marketing degree. They can do it without a college degree period. You can do it too with the knowledge that you have, not only with your corporate experience, but you have a marketing degree, like put it together. You can do this. So it was just one of those get yourself together moments that kind of put it full circle. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, I, I see this with podcast managers as well. It's like they they look at people that have professional audio experience or they went to school for audio, whatever, and they like wish that that was them. When really sometimes those skills or what people learn in college, it doesn't really translate into the podcasting space or like for you, you know, did you feel like your marketing experience translated well online? Honestly, no, at first <laughs> I didn't because I was so used to the face-to-face and having like a one-on-one conversation or having a small group, maybe of 10 people that I was talking to and making that eye contact and having those personal connections face-to-face. So translating it online, I thought, oh, this should be easy, was not Mm -hmm. easy at all whatsoever. So it took a little bit of a learning curve for me to figure it out. But once I did, I mean, the rest is history, I guess (laughs) you could say. Yeah, that's really interesting. Also, um, I don't think you, did you know that Anna Conchar was a previous client of mine? No. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. This space is so small. Yeah, I launched your podcast. That's so funny. That is funny. It's such a small world. Oh, I like screenshotted everything that she had. Like, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna do it. She was able to make like six figs. Like her whole story, I was like, wow, okay, we can do this. <laughs> we can do this. Yeah, there's so many great teachers out there now. So you can, if you can see yourself in their shoes, I think that's the first step, you know, then you can start to chip away and build something. Yeah. And that's what really motivated me. It was like, you know what? She also has a child, like being a mom and seeing that someone else is able to make this business and leave corporate life and do it too. I thought that's like my big, one of my biggest motivators at first was, okay, they're also a mom. They've made it this far. They've taken these skills and made a business out of it. You can too. There's nothing that says you can't. Yeah. A hundred percent. You're right though. You, it's important to be able to see as close as an example, as close to you as possible And that's why also why there's space for so many different types of people to be coaches and to be service providers and stuff is because we all, you know, kind of communicate to a different person. We all relate to a different person in that. Yes, you're so right. That's like one of the biggest things I think that people get stuck on is the fact that you're not going to serve everyone. Not everyone's going to like you. and That's okay. 
got to realize that not everyone's going to be your ideal client. That's all right. You're going to find your people. Your people will find you also. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that for social media, for any service provider. You know, we all connect on different. And, you know, in, when thinking about your ideal client, like I, it's easy to think like about the topic that they're going to be talking about or that they, you know, are teaching on or whatever. When it really, I think it comes more to like personality on who you're going to connect with on a personality. And when you can identify that and find people that fit that personality lock and strengths too, like complementing, you know, their strengths and stuff, then you're really onto something. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I've heard from former clients and, and current clients, you know, they've been to my highlights or they've seen, you know, my daughter pulling my hair in a story or something. And it's just, we have that connection. You, me and you have the connection of like mom of three, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, I've been through your entire Instagram before we started working together. You know, we've, I've gone through your things to kind of find those relatable moments too. Like, Oh, the, our discovery call talking about the donut picture was probably the, we went off the tangent for Yes. <laughs> like few minutes about it, but it's funny, you know, and it's just one of those relatable things. And I think people need to realize that people buy from you and your personality. Yes, your product and your service is important too, but once you make that connection, it's going to serve you a lot better client to client, you know, client to social media manager, podcast manager, whatever service provider you are, that client of yours could, yes, need your services, but they're going to make that decision based off of do I like what I see? Do we have things in, in common personality wise? How does he or she work? And that's really, really important. People buy from you and your personality and what they see. Yeah, for sure. And we're all of us entrepreneurs are building this business because we want like we want to run our own businesses. We want to have flexibility. We want to bring our personality into our work. And so we want to work with people that we like working with because we don't have to work with people that we don't like. <laughs> So, you know, just kind of stripping your personality from your business as a service provider or as the person hiring or whatever, it's really like it stinks. It's not something you want to do because we all want to like have fun or at least I always want to have fun. That's my like I'm an Enneagram seven. So I have to remember, okay, Lauren, not everyone wants to have as much fun as you do. But like a lot of us do want to work with people that we connect with that we, you know, we vibe with. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And so as an Enneagram six, I'm like so loyal to my people. So when I find like my clients, I'm like, no, we're friends now. <laughs> right. I have that same loyal gene in me as well. Yeah, like I'm loyal. Like you've got problems. Okay. Like this is what happened to me over the weekend. I had to get a new phone. Like my kids dropped it. Like it's just, you know, you relate on those those different moments. So I definitely think that loyal connection and having that connection with your ideal client is huge. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, we we get to choose who we get to work with and you want to work with people you like. It's not like a corporate setting where here's a team you get to work with and hey, you might not like Susie over there in the corner, but you got to work with her anyways. Yeah. So then thinking about social media with our clients, as podcast managers, we're usually, you know, creating graphics that our client is going to post on social media or we might be actually doing the scheduling or there might be a social media manager on our client's team that we create the graphics and then we send them to the social media manager. So there's a couple different like scenarios or that a podcast manager might be in. But more often than not, the podcast client wants to know from the podcast manager, hey, what's the best way to promote a show on Instagram? So I'd love to kind of cover some things that the podcast managers can bring to their clients to say, hey, these are the these are the most important things. So what what do you think is the most important thing when it comes to promoting an episode on social media? 
the most important thing. That's really hard. I, I feel like there's <laughs> you have to choose one. No, I'm just kidding. You have a couple, but that's fine. Not just one. Um, content, of course, is going to be a huge focus. And talking about what's going on in that one specific episode as it changes. So, you know, as podcast managers, you have multiple episodes that you're promoting. Maybe it's once a week, maybe it's once a month. But regardless, the content that's going on in that episode is something you definitely want to touch on every single time to make sure that you're staying relevant, that your ideal clients are finding your content and saying, oh, oh, I really want to listen to this podcast episode. This is going to be something that's a very hot topic to me, or it's something they've thought about and kind of just sat on. And maybe they haven't found a podcast that talks about that topic. The content, quality content, talking about what's going on in that podcast episode is huge. Another thing I think is really important is to talk about, you know, instead of saying, hey, listen to my podcast or catch this episode or, hey, you know, here's this. I think also bring a connection of send me a DM so I can send you the link directly kind of brings Mm -hmm. that conversation together to where once you send that link, you can also follow up and say, hey, did you have a chance to listen to it? What do you think? I'd love your thoughts and get that that constructive feedback and that criticism that you can carry on as kind of a little bit of market research too. I'm a person that likes to ask questions because I want to know, is it going to structure my content or my client? Is it going to help me think of something new that I need to bring to the table? So I think asking the right questions, sending a link, asking questions are always going to be a number one focus because you can take that and change your message based off of the answers that you get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's so key with podcasting because with podcasting, you know, you just record this episode and oftentimes if you're doing like a solo episode, you're just talking to yourself, you're talking to your microphone and you just wonder like who listens, who is this connecting with, who is listening to this and saying, yes, yes, yes. And Mm -hmm. honestly, as a podcaster, when you don't get any feedback, it stinks because on social media, it's like you post a picture and someone's going to comment hopefully, right? Like someone's going to say like cute kid or whatever. But with podcasting, there's not a built-in commenting on the platforms. And so you have to get those comments somewhere. So I think, yeah, using the DMs in some way to get feedback, to hear who's listening, to hear what's resonating. I think that's so key for the podcaster, even just to keep them going and market research, like you're saying. Yeah, no, definitely. It's that motivation to like, Mm-hmm. Don't stop. Keep going. Somebody is out there is listening. And I think that's the something that happens regardless of your service provider. But for anyone is we kind of get lost in the sense of, oh, we're going to post this picture. We're going to post this image. We're going to post the carousel. And, oh, you know, only a handful of people liked it. Or, oh, you know, the same same people or my family. The only two people are like, great picture. Mm-hmm. But getting those DMs and getting the engagement, whether it's in your stories and you ask a question and it could be just one person responding. Getting that one person that, that you're talking to to answer is like the holy grail. You know, yeah. you just, it uplifts you and it keeps you going. Yeah, I love thinking just like each person, like thinking of just like every individual is important. And because of social media, we're really used to like really big numbers, like 10,000 followers, 100,000 followers, like these big, big numbers. And um, us podcast managers have to remind our clients that like if they're getting 200 downloads on an episode, that sounds like a really small number because they have 4,000 followers on Instagram or whatever. And they're only getting 200 listens on an episode. And that can be really defeating. But that means you got someone that just casually follows you on Instagram. 
which that's a really easy, like, follow me. That's a really easy yes, you know, to then get them to listen to you for 20, 40 minutes. Like, that's a big deal. So that's a good reminder of like, you know, Instagram numbers and Facebook numbers are so different than podcasting stat numbers, because this is such an intimate experience talking to a listener, right? You're exactly right. I think a lot of people don't realize that if I keep hearing this audio, it's an audio I've heard on TikTok and on Reels. If 30 people walked in that door right now, if 30 people walked in your door right now, like you would be overwhelmed. You as one person... 30 people walk in, you're like, whoa, where'd all these people come from? So just like you said, 200 listens on a podcast episode is a big deal. 200 mm-hmm. people fill you know, an auditorium and they listen to your podcast. They listen to your information. They listen to what you had to say. It doesn't matter if you had 4,000 on Instagram. You've got 200 people that are actually there invested in listening to what you had to say. And that's huge. And I think a lot of people get that mark and they forget. They forget about that. Yeah. And I think like the example of like 30 people walking in in the room, that would even be more striking now in like COVID times. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because we're like not, you know, not as used to that at all. So with like 30 people walking in your house, you're like, what is going on? What's happening? (laughs) Take a step back. Okay. So yeah, I love that. It's like what you're saying is focus on sharing the content that's in the podcast episode, not necessarily, hey, listen, listen, listen to the show, but instead, hey, I'm talking about this in this podcast. This is a really important topic that you're going to want to hear. So go listen to the show. Yes. I think it's also about asking the right questions too. You know, when it comes to caption writing, regardless of if it's for a podcast episode or if you're sharing a tip that is necessary to your ideal client, really having that hook in the beginning, asking a question to open up is a big, is a big deal too. It's a way to get people to think, you know, that's what they see the, I forget how many characters it is (laughs) that you have access to in the first, that cuts off, but you know, you had a success story as a podcast recently and having, you know, have you thought about what life would be like if you went and freelance or just, Marrying the question to where it asks that ideal client, like, hey, have you thought about this podcast topic? Well, then I've got the episode for you. You know, Mm -hmm. this is what we talked about. This is what is going on, you know, kind of not mirror the show notes completely, but tailor it a little bit to where it it has more of a social media focus where it's talking to the ideal client. Hey, have you wondered about going from being a teacher to a podcast manager? Then you want to listen to episode 52, where we talked to Chrissy Merriweather about her experience and how you can tailor that to your experience as well. If you're thinking about making the jump, mm-hmm. just tailoring the caption to where it actually appeases to your ideal client. Opening up with the questions is a really good way for someone to be like, what? Yeah, I have thought about that. Let me either go listen to that podcast or read more of the captions to get an idea of what's going to go on in that podcast episode. And then I need to go listen to it right away. Yeah, versus saying like for every caption, like in this episode, right, comma, because then you're the person's always just seeing that same in this episode. Yes. I like to play around with like sometimes saying new episode and sometimes not. I think that's what we do, right? Yeah. So we mix it up because it's always, you know, asking a question all the time is like, okay. Yeah. That gets, <laughs> that gets monotonous too. Yeah. So definitely, you know, and especially if it's a fire topic. So, I mean, I kind of pay attention to other, you know, questions or comments that you've gotten on other posts as well, mm-hmm. or even just like in the industry, just hot topics that you have, like maybe in your, in your Facebook group, that maybe mm-hmm. somebody else hasn't seen, um, podcast managers haven't seen, kind of pay attention to like what the the question is and then how the topic kind of relevant to that, is relevant to that and say like, this is a hot topic. This is something mm-hmm. that I continue to get asked about. This is something that maybe it's a frequently asked question. 
that's when I definitely use one emojis. You know, I always use a fire emoji. If it's a hot topic that I think you've touched on multiple times, but it's like a common question, Mm -hmm. I will always throw out like new podcast episode. You don't want to miss this. Get your notepad, you know, get your pen and paper because you're going to be wanting to take notes. So I kind of tailor it based off of like the content that we know we're about to put put up, paying attention to the episode of, hey, this is something I've been asked about, you know, hey, I've been asked about other, from other podcast managers in my Facebook group. You definitely need to listen to this if you haven't, or you can even plug the Facebook group too. If you have a question too, like join my Facebook group. There's just so many different ways to change up just, hey, new podcast episode, Mm -hmm. hey, asking a question, like this is a hot topic, kind of just tailoring it for those power words is what I always call them. There's different adjectives you can use to really catch someone's attention from, listen to this hack I've got, listen to the success story, mm. just other action verbs you can throw in there. Grab your pen and paper. Someone's like, wait, why? <laughs> like, I don't even have why a pen and paper, that? but I'll go get one. <laughs> yeah. Like what, what's so hot about this topic? And then they kind of, you know, will go and listen to the episode and they're like, okay. I get it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love telling a listener or like a social media follower, like what to do or that it is a must listen. Because sometimes it can feel like, well, I don't, maybe they'll like it, maybe they won't. But if you, when you really know your listener very well, then you know, like, hey, this, you're going to like this because I know you and you've told me what you liked in the past. And so now I know that this is going to be really great for you. So like telling them that and telling them like, you need to grab a pen and paper. This is non-negotiable. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think like big call to actions are I, something I kind of strive to do. And I know we, we play around with them and I try to change them up as much as I can. Mm-hmm. The call to actions are like the best way to get someone to take that next step. And that's a huge part of social media is that call to action at the end. Heck, it could be in the middle of the caption that says, hey, grab a pen and paper or, hey, you're going to want to go listen to this episode. So go ahead and here are your options of Stitcher, (laughs) Google Play, like all of the options for them to go find the podcast episode and listen to it. And I'm even thinking of like, send me a DM if you're interested in my free masterclass of how to be a profitable podcast manager in 20 hours a week, send me a DM of profitable and I will send you the link directly. Like there's just small calls to action that helps your audience take that next step is huge. Like you'd be surprised. Like it's just, I think a lot of people don't realize that people take the next step by reading a call to action, but they really do, yeah. you know, drop your thoughts in the comments. Yeah. And they might not do it the first time they see one of your captions, but when they're like, oh, she really wants me to DM her. I'm going to DM her now. Like, they're like, oh, me. like, she probably gets a lot of DMs or whatever. Like, maybe, you know, you think people are thinking that. But then when you ask over and over, like, okay, I actually have a client who <laughs> she got a big following and she always asks people to email her. And I'm like, is she really, like, she'll say, like, email me pictures of your kids. I'm like, is she really <laughs> going through, like, I love seeing people's kids. So I, I relate, but I'm like, also like, please do not bombard my email. <laughs> So I just think that's so funny. And she must look at them. And she tells people all the time to email her. So I just think that's funny, mainly because she has a big following that I'm like, people will for sure act on that. Are you sure you want to tell people to do it? (laughs) You want that many emails with people's kids. (laughs) But okay, but whatever floats your boat. Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. 
So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more, learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. There's a statistic of, you know, people need to see and most likely read, you know, seven to 10 times before they take the next step. So you're telling someone, send me a DM maybe once a week or twice a week from any post you have. It could be, you know, podcast related or personal or anything like that. Drop your thoughts in the comments. It takes a little bit, but they will get to that point. They just need to see that consistent ask, that consistent CTA in a different way and see you showing up. And then that's when they'll take that next step. Yeah, that's a good reminder. So speaking of consistency, you know, you're saying consistency obviously is is really important. Um, one of the things that podcasters will start to feel across the board is like they don't want to promote their episode again, or they just maybe they don't want to because it feels just like constant self-promotion or they just they get busy with other pieces of their business. And so they have this consistent podcast episode, but they don't they don't always promote it like at all that week or at all, period, which is such a shame. So do you have advice for podcast managers on how they could help their clients to consistently promote their episode with value and so that they don't burn out, I guess, from talking about the show? Yeah, so thinking of, I'm thinking of different ways, different fun ways you could do it. So instead of it always being, you know, a post every week, you could show up as on um, doing a reel, you know, three tips to raising your prices um, or three steps to raise your prices as a podcast manager. It could be something as simple as that, that you're coming on and repurposing an old podcast episode that, you know, could have been one of your first ones, your first like 10 episodes. Yeah. But you're repurposing it in a different way. So it's coming across instead of it just being a static post, it's something different. It's something new. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people get stuck with like the monotonous, like it needs to be a post every time. And that's not true. You could mention it in stories. You could mention it in a reel. You could mention it in a carousel and just do one, two, three kind of posts. I think there's so many different ways that you can tailor it, but everyone's kind of stuck on, oh, it needs to be a static mm -hmm. post. Oh, it needs to be constant of like, listen to this episode. Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways that you can repurpose one episode into multiple pieces of content to stay consistent. I know I can definitely probably take one of your podcast episodes and I would say at least four to five different ways yeah. you can repurpose it. And that way it doesn't sound like you're constantly monotonously using the same image or the same type of wording and it comes to a caption or anything like that. You can come up and show up in a different way because you're going to get different people's attention that way also. Maybe someone's not going to read your caption for that old podcast episode. We'll then show up and do a reel and say, hey, I actually touched on this in more detail in podcast episode, like you did one recently. So kind of repurpose that content in a different mm -hmm. way 
So that way it's still helping you stay consistent. Yes, you're mentioning an old podcast episode, but you're doing it in a different way. I think find a different way to show up is going to help with, you know, staying away from the monotony of, oh, new podcast episode. Oh, here's a new podcast episode. Mm. I think changing it up when it comes to which way you're going to do it. Real, show up on your stories, do a carousel post. Um, I'm thinking like do a boomerang. There's so many different ways that you can tailor and repurpose an old episode into something new. And it could be any podcast episode. It could be something that posts next week. You can, instead of doing a regular post, let's try a carousel instead. Like, you know, here's tip one, here's tip two. You want to know about tip three? You're going to have to listen to the podcast episode. Uh, That's good. Let's do that next week. (laughs) And I like the idea too of, let's say you shared three tips on the podcast episode. One of my episodes is how to monetize a podcast. So I shared like four ways to monetize, I think. And so I could take one way to monetize, let's say using getting a Patreon account and say, make a reel about Patreon and say, hey, are your guys' clients using Patreon? Let me know. What do you like about Patreon? Are you guys subscribing to, are you paying for a Patreon account? Like, starting a conversation just about Patreon or just start just about affiliates or just about, you know, monetizing through a digital product or whatever. Like I could just talk about that one thing. And then I could say, hey, if you want to know other ways to monetize, go listen to this episode. So I'm not really talking about the podcast episode, but I can then kind of loop it around, you know, in a comment or on the actual post. Yes. You can definitely uh, show up with that value, lead with the value show up as the authority, you know, you're talking about. So lead with that tip, maybe two. go on your stories, just like you did, you know, talk about Patreon, going into more on your stories, dropping you, dropping an engagement question box and saying, Hey, do you use it? Have you thought about using it to monetize a podcast? Give me your thoughts on Patreon in general. And then you can come back on another post saying, you know, I got some great responses. You can come back on stories and say, I got some great responses. You can make it a series of reels and say, hey, part one of monetizing a podcast and go into more detail in 30 seconds about Patreon. You could be the next, you know, of your four, you can do another one, part two, part three, part four, and break it down. And then, like I said, at the end, you could always say, hey, you want to skip ahead? You know, you only listen to one, you only got information on one tip. But if you want to know the other three, listen to episode 11 of this podcast mm-hmm. to get all, all four tips even in more detail. And then let me know your thoughts. Send me a DM once you're finished listening to the episode. Like there's just so many different ways you can break it down for that podcast episode. So many ways. Yeah, that's so true. And I'm thinking that for our listeners who are helping podcasters that have more of like a storytelling or conversational show that are less like action taking podcasts, you know, like let's say they have a like, okay, one of my students, uh, I hope that she's listening, but she just launched a show for clients who are, it's a sex podcast. So it's a couple that's, it's like a, they're teaching other couples about having great sex. So like, there's probably tips in there. So I guess maybe this is not a great example, but let's just say that they're having a conversation. How do we, like, would you recommend like pulling things that they say that are like, I was going to say spicy, which is <laughs> applicable for this topic but like something that's like just a really hot tip or like is that what you would recommend pulling out yeah so I would kind of and I'm a person of like I'm a big research person too so if it's something that whether it was a frequently asked question that they're kind of touching on in the podcast episode yeah I would definitely pull out the audio that's like going to be more of an entry of oh oh like what was this conversation about mm-hmm. let me what, know more yeah I want to know more about this. Well, what was that tip, you know, regarding kind of 
backtrack it a little bit in my mind. So if I heard the tip, what were they talking about before they even got to that point is kind of how my brain goes when it comes to podcasts sometimes. And I hear like there's those podcasts that have the clip in the very beginning before the intro starts. And I'm like, oh, now I got to listen. Like, And that's like what I'm thinking. Yeah, those podcasts that have a clip and then it goes into the show. I'm always like, oh, wait, did I like skip ahead? Like it always gets me on my toes, which I like. It's like, oh, it's happening. I need to listen. And then it cuts to the intro and I'm like, oh gosh, fooled again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you got me. But that's like what I thought of. I thought of like, okay, the clip would be, you know, either the first part of the podcast and the intro goes or just for social media, kind of like how we do when you have a guest on as well. You know, you pull the clip and have that audio go and oh, I want to know more about whether it's a success story, us talking about social media, what point was a really hot fire topic part of a podcast episode that is more about, is going to be valuable to your ideal client that they really need to go listen to this. So I would pull that for the sex podcast episode. I would pull hot clip, hot take, spicy comment (laughs) and use that in order to kind of get people to think, wait, what was this about? I'm going to have to go listen to the episode. Yeah. So speaking of audiograms, Do you think that those are, do you like using those every single time that you post about a show because it's more than just a graphic? Or do you think that, like, how do you feel about audiograms? Because I feel like podcast managers are like, audiograms every single time. But what do you think from a social media strategy standpoint? I, well, because I think, you know, video is very hot and every, you know, on fire, so trendy, has been for the last two years, especially with everything COVID, everyone kind of going online. Everyone just kind of wants to see it, right? That's nothing against static posts. But I think having an audiogram is really good to promote a podcast episode just because it's it's one surefire way for someone to listen in and again, think, oh, this is a really good point. Um, Even if I read the caption and it's just a little bit of here's what you're going to get, and you get that little audiogram that's like 30 to 45 seconds long, I think it's still good. And it's almost on the same level of a video. So I think it's very, very valuable. Better than a static post. I do like that when we have, you know, do the guest carousel, that we kind of put that in there in the middle. But at the same time, like thinking about Facebook, it's just the audiogram that goes up just because Facebook doesn't do carousels. Yeah. <laughs> so I audiogram is definitely valuable because you're already giving that little sneak peek of the episode I even think even if it wasn't, even if your podcast episode that we promote on in the set day that we have, even if you did like a little teaser of mm. here's what you're going to get before it's live, the audiogram's huge. Yes. I think that'd be a really good Yes, way. I love teasers. I love the idea of teasers. It's not something I've ever consistently done for my clients or for myself, but I love the idea. And I think maybe if you're going to have like a big name on the show that people are excited about, like they already know you're going to have an author that everybody knows or whoever it is you know, teasing those big episodes would be a great way to start. But yeah, I've always loved the idea of a teaser. Never implemented that. Yeah, I think that's really good just because it's just, oh, that's coming up Mm -hmm. or, oh, what day is that podcast going to go live? Yeah, I think a teaser is a really good way to kind of, I'm big on breadcrumbing too. Mm -hmm. Like just give a little bit. It makes people think, I mean, they could end up sending a DM saying, hey, when does that episode go live again? Mm -hmm. Just want to make sure, you know, Yeah, and that can, Another social media way you could show up on stories and put like one of those little reminders of like new podcast episodes, set your reminder yeah. so you know to do it because you already use little audiogram as a teaser for them to prepare for what information is going to be given. Yeah. And I, I love audiograms for like the connection factor, like going from being a Instagram follower to then listening to, to someone's show, you might not know what they sound like yet. Maybe they don't go 
maybe they don't have their voice on Instagram stories a lot, or maybe you just haven't heard it yet. Hearing them in an audiogram, you're like, oh, that's what their podcast sounds like. So you kind of, it's almost like a barrier is broken. You're like, oh, now that I know what the podcast sounds like, I'm going to go listen. It has me more intrigued or I feel more connected to that person because I've heard their voice. Yeah. It's kind of like an icebreaker. Yeah. Yeah, You're right. Okay, cool. So we've talked about like feeds, feed posts. We talked about stories and we talked a little bit about engagement. So what about engaging with, like, could we give our clients tips on engaging with their ideal listener on Instagram outside of, hey, DM me, like the client looking for their ideal listener on Instagram? Yeah. So engagement, I will say like, full disclaimer, it's kind of all multiple things, you know, there's layers to a cake and then like sprinkles are like the hashtags for sure. Mm -hmm. So um, when it comes to engaging with your ideal client, I kind of, kind of go back to where is your ideal client hanging out? Okay. If they're on Instagram, cool. Say your podcast is, I'm trying to think of like, give me a podcast topic if you don't mind. (laughs) I always say parenting. So let me think of a new one and we already did sex. So let's think of a, let's think of a third topic. Let's say like uh, holistic health. Okay. So I kind of go through, and again, I always start with hashtags just because it's easier kind of to go into a hashtag and kind of go down the rabbit hole, I would say, like your Alice. So say you're holistic health, you go into the holistic health hashtag, you find most recent posts. I don't always go to the top posts because they could be sitting there for months on end and no. Um, so I'll go through the recent posts, maybe find someone that just recently posted about holistic health and it's a holistic health coach. You know, and maybe she's also a mom too. You find that connectable relatability within their um, Instagram feed. Find a recent post. So say you went, they just posted maybe an hour or two ago. Definitely leave an intentional comment in the sense of something that's going to connect you. So say it was a recipe for a healthy meal. And it's something they're like, oh, okay, I could make this at home too. It could just be something intentional in the sense of like, that looks really good. And if the recipe's not there, I would even reach out and say, hey, do you mind DMing me the recipe? I'd love to hear more about this and what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. And I would do that on about three different posts. And of course, liking them as well. But sending that message of, hey, I'd love if you DM me this recipe, starts that conversation in the DMs where you can kind of connect and relate to each other even more. So hashtags is a big way to go in and find your ideal client. I always go through hashtags. It's a huge, huge way. But once you find that ideal client, you have that connectability, that relatability of, hey, that was a great episode. She had an episode. Um, maybe she shows some more holistic health tips, things that you can do around your house to have a more, you know, clean living environment, things like that. Oh, I didn't think about that for my household. Do you recommend whatever product, you know, it could be like Molly Suds is an all natural detergent, whatever it could be, you know, um, dish soap that's going to be all natural. I use Dawn clean and clear. Like, what do you think? And kind of help that conversation start to your building that building engagement, you're building the conversation, you're building the connection with that ideal client through the hashtags and finding them through there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise would be an intentionally commenting. I'm big on intentionally commenting without emojis or, oh, these are great. No, don't leave those kind of generic kind of t- comments. They're not going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. If you really ask a question or again, kind of use it as a CTA, send me the recipe that you used, or I'd love to hear your recommendations on detergents that are going to be healthier for me and my kids. Things like that are actually going to help that conversation to move that forward and help you be top of mind because you're someone that's actually giving as in a conversation. They're they're more likely to reciprocate instead of it just being, hey, these are great tips. Yeah. And then someone says, thank you. And like, move right, on. Right, right. <laughs> 
like certain comments, like I always want to talk to people under my posts, but like if if someone just says like, oh, love this, which I'm so guilty of commenting that, <laughs> so guilty. But it's like, what can I say in return? I would love to chat with them, but like, what do you say back to love this? You say thanks. I know. I'm like, I always do say thank you. I think it just depends on what the um, love this is on. So say it was your podcast episode that went live yesterday. Say it was over a success story of Chrissy Merriweather. Say someone's like, oh, love this episode. I would respond back, thanks so much. What was your favorite part? Mm. So like, just ask another question. And they might answer, they might not. Mm. But at least try to take it to the next step to continue that conversation. And that's a big thing I think a lot of people don't realize is you have to take that next step. And sometimes it can be a little difficult to think off, you know, you're sitting down, like your kids are running around and you're like, thanks. And then like you're moving on to the next Mm -hmm. one. But really, and you know, if it's something that's a success story or a tip that you gave that someone's like, oh, I love these tips. Thanks. What was your favorite one? Which tip are you going to take to improve whatever today? You know, just starting that, continuing that conversation with another question or if they say, oh, this is really hard for me. Say it's one of those connecting kind of motivational posts of it's okay if your family doesn't get it. It's okay if your friends don't understand entrepreneurship. It's okay if they don't understand, wow, I really needed this today. Thanks so much for this. You can always respond. Glad it resonated with you. Would love to talk to you more about your struggles because I've been there. What's a big struggle for you? Mm -hmm. Might look like a long paragraph under a comment, but you're still, again, continuing that conversation and connecting in a more personable way that you're like, okay, reach out to me. Let's talk about it. Let's connect more. Instead of just leaving it there, thanks, and then moving on to the next thing. Yeah. Definitely a question and showing that you care intentionally is going to take you further than just saying thank you and then moving on or thanks so much. <laughs> like, have a great day. Yeah. It's just like in real life, whenever we talk to people that we don't know that well, it's like if someone says, oh, hey, I really like your shirt and you just say thanks, then like the conversation's over and it's like almost kind of awkward. Whereas like you have to like ask a question back or say like, oh, hey, like, oh, compliment them back or like ask them like, oh, do you go here often? Or like, what? (laughs) that's the first question that came to mind. But like, you have to be interested and you have to be interesting. You can't like, you have to get outside of your bubble if that's not kind of who you are naturally to ask questions or to say, oh, hey, yeah, no, I love this color or this is a hard, hard to find or whatever. You have to. I agree with that completely. Mm -hmm. Having a conversation, I think sometimes depending on the person, it comes naturally. Hey, how are you? I'm always a person that's like, you know, grocery store. I'm good. How are you? Like instantly. I'm like, how are you doing too? Yeah. It's just an instant response. That's just how I, I am now. I'm not always a person that's going to start a conversation or continue it, you know, with a random stranger, but if it's, you know, Hey, I really like your shirt. Thanks. Oh, where did you get it? You mm-hmm. know, just continue that next step in that conversation. No, I got it at Target or at Kroger because they have really cute clothes that are cheap. Wait, your Kroger has clothes. My Kroger has clothes. Stop. That's hilarious. <laughs> I think like yeah. maybe mine would have like a, you know, like a high school sports shirt, but like not like clothes clothes. Oh, they got those too. They got the high school <laughs> sports shirts. They have the shoes. <laughs> oh my shoes gosh. Are... Get out of here. That's amazing. They're trying to compete with like Walmart or something. I wonder. I don't know what they're trying to do or like a super target, yeah. which is not too clear. The super targets have the grocery store side too. And Oh, yeah. Big competitor. But yes. <laughs> Someday I'm going to be buying clothes at Kroger and I'm going to look back on this conversation <laughs> to where it all started. I think I even tried to return a pair of shoes to another Kroger and they're like, we don't have shoes at this one. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I have to go back to my Kroger. <laughs> they were just in my car. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. I'll go back to the right Kroger. Wow. That's hilarious. 
But yeah, no, I like engagement wise, it's definitely about that conversation. To me, I feel like it's easier online, but I just, I have anxiety sometimes when it comes to people and like situations and face to face. So sometimes I'm like, you know, oh. yeah. so I kind of like play them up. But online, I feel like it's easier to ask a question and continue the conversation. Yeah. And that's kind of like why I also helped, like went back into more of the social media manager position because I feel like it's more of like, yes, I'm behind a phone. Yes, I'm behind a computer. But it's easier for me to just like tap away and text a message or audio clip a message to someone, voice message someone instead of me like standing, kind of thinking, staring off into space because I'm thinking of my next right. question to ask a person mm-hmm. random yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a networking meeting. So yeah, you can take a minute to think about what you want to ask. Yeah. And you also don't need to respond in the moment if you don't have time. Like you said, like if you're taking care of your kids or whatever, and the only thing you can come up with is thanks, well, then maybe don't look at your comments then, you know, look at your comments right. when you can kind of think, think it through. Yeah, I think a big misconception is like all of the rules and tips you hear online on Instagram, especially is like you have to respond right away. Mm. I'm like, you've got the time. Okay, go ahead. But at the same time, not everyone is just sitting around waiting for comments to come in from a post they just posted. So, you know, give it a little bit. I'm on it. I try, but I don't always answer my comments after posting within the first hour or the first two hours. It just depends on my day. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I will post, I'll engage a little bit more in my hashtags, and then I move on to engaging for my clients or moving on to content creation. There's so many different things that people are doing in their business. Mm -hmm. They don't have all the time in the world to sit down for the next 15, 20 minutes to answer every single comment that comes in 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 that little split of time. So I agree with that. Like, get things going on. At least, like, you know, if you post at one o'clock, I would assume by maybe, you know, kids go to sleep eight or nine, by eight or nine, you can go back on and answer those comments. Or sometimes if I don't get around to it till the next day, I don't get around to it till the next day. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing too is people think like, oh, engagement rate is going to go down in that small period of time. No. Yeah. <laughs> if you answer those comments within a timely manner, you're going to be okay. But if you just let them go and don't answer them ever, yeah, Instagram's going to think, oh, you're just not interested in people answering your comments. So we're not going to show your content to more people. Mm-hmm. Take the time to answer the comments. Yeah, in general. And comments, now that they've changed it, so like you have to pretty much go look at your notifications to see comments. I remember to do it, but it's just not as striking. Like when I got on Instagram, you what you're attracted to is like stories and DMs. You're not attracted to like how many likes you've gotten or comments you've gotten, which I think is kind of kind of stinks because I'd rather see comments. Obviously, DMs are important, but I'd rather like see more of a focus on like, oh, hey, you you got comments, respond to them. Yeah. I don't always think about it when I open Instagram. No, I feel like it's, it's especially with all the updates happening with Instagram, it's just one different way to not get you to concentrate on. I get not concentrating on the likes. I'm a big person that's like, don't even look at the likes. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not even big of a deal. Your mom's scrolling through and like every single picture because she hasn't been on in six months. <laughs> like, okay. But comments, yeah, taking that time to actually go and look is hard because I mean, you're not going to remember, like you said, everyone goes to stories instantly, mm-hmm. goes to DMs, they see that number and they're like, oh, I should go answer these mm-hmm. because they're there. I understand that. But comments, you got to just take that time. Again, I would just say at least if you post, you know, today at one o'clock by tomorrow, when you wake up at like 8 a.m., if you haven't answered the comments, answer yeah. them. I think it's like just setting those intentional boundaries of like, okay, I'm going to check this time instead of like, oh, did I get a comment? Like, let's calm down. <laughs> right. Yes. We all don't really want to live like that. Like we're all about like balance and 
live your real life at the same time, connect with awesome people on social media and on the internet, but also live your real life. Yeah. I'm really big about the authenticity, like show up with no makeup, show up with your kids pulling your hair, show up, you know, like you did the baby hairs on your story the other day. And I'm like, I, I feel you. If I let my hair down, like right here the other day, I was like, what is this? Yes. Oh my gosh. The baby hair. Baby hairs. But like, that's the authenticity that I try and help my clients continue to show up because a lot of people get bogged down with the curation mm-hmm. and the perfect feeds and all of these things. And that's just not how life really is. Like that's, I hate to say it for the other social media managers, but that's just not my jam. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to come on and tell you like we need to add filters to every single picture and no, no, no. Show the real life because again, people buy from you. They want to see the real you. Authenticity is something that is not new. <laughs> so I think by showing up authentically saying, this is my real life, always throwing in those personal posts every now and then to show like, this is what we're doing. This is how, you know, I took a weekend off of social media. I'm not constantly on my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. Well, Crystal, this has been so good. I think this will be so helpful for podcast managers helping their clients. How can they connect with you and learn some awesome Instagram tips from you? Uh, my Instagram username is Crystal and Co Creative. It is long, but you can connect with me there. Send me a DM and say, "Hey, I listened to the podcast and just wanted to follow and connect with you and ask me any questions that you might have." Be happy to answer. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.